8.48, as promised, Science and Tech with Mark Zastro, science journalist now. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. And in a few moments, we're going to talk about Silicon Valley parents keeping their kids away from the gadgets they make. It's very much reminiscent of um, Bill Gates keeping his kids away from computers, for example, and uh, causes quite a few of us to scratch our heads whilst perhaps also turning a blind eye to our own kids using devices. Um, Also a liquid metal robot inspired by the Terminator movie. Well, loosely inspired. But first, Mark, self-driving cars and ethics. Mm -hmm. Very, very tricky question, of course. Uh, you know, in philosophy, you have what's called the trolley problem, uh, and the original version or er, involves a runaway trolley. It, today, for self-driving cars, this sort of ethics issue uh, involves who does a car choose, a self-driving car, choose to sacrifice and who to save in an accident. Uh, so should it crash into a crowd of pedestrians, or should it steer for a wall that could kill the person that it's carrying? And, uh, and what if the pedestrians are or adults and it's a newborn baby in the car. Exactly. Or That's... like, what if it's a 60-year-old adult or a 70-year-old adult or, right. you know, I mean, these sort of questions get more and more complex. Exactly. And that's exactly what this survey was looking at. You know, interestingly, uh, if you look at it, if you think about sort of the original version, you know, should it say if it's, pa- it's, uh, it's passenger or, or sacrifice people on the street, uh, most people say that they want the car to save the pedestrians and sacrifice its passengers. But then they also say that they wouldn't actually buy a car that did that, that put themselves at risk. Uh, so some of those, uh, the same researchers who found that out, they created this global online survey to explore this problem. And the results were published last week in Nature. So just exactly what you were saying. They looked at not just saving one person versus many, but men versus women, uh, sparing jaywalkers versus people that are crossing legally in a crosswalk, uh, sparing the elderly, babies and strollers, uh, sparing a homeless person on the side of the road versus a business person crossing the street, uh, sparing dogs versus people, dogs versus cats. This was all done through graphics with cartoon pedestrian icons asking people to to, to choose whether they would intervene and if they did, uh, which way they would send the car. And uh, in the end, they got almost 40 million responses from people around the world. And uh, the answers that people gave varied significantly based on where they lived, which is the really interesting point I- of the study. I just um, thought, though, like if this was AI driven and the, the car knew, in inverted commas, that it was going to force a crash mm-hmm. to try to um, spare the pedestrians, maybe it could better protect the people in the car, though, like as in deploying full surround airbags, sure. um, fireproof airbags, you know, in other words, Sometimes these things don't work because, you know, crash happens without uh, the non-AI cars knowing what to do. But if it knows a few seconds in advance, maybe it can save everybody. That's true. And that is certainly what proponents of self-driving cars would, would, would hope for and would argue that that's what they could achieve eventually. But what sort of variations did we see in the responses of this study? Well, so uh, based on the responses, the researchers found they can actually sort of broadly break the world down into three groups. That sort of follow along they align with what, you know, what we think of as the Western world, the Eastern world, and then what they call the Southern world, which includes uh, most of Latin America, as well as France and some of its former colonies. Uh, so for instance, uh, quote unquote, Westerners are much more likely to sacrifice the elderly to save a baby than those in the Eastern world. 
But people in Latin America were even more willing to sacrifice the elderly, and they were also more likely to spare women over men. Now, the researchers also looked overall at how often people, you know, actually intervened in this situation, how often they actually wanted the car to make an active decision about who to hit. And they found that Western nations were the most likely to intervene or want the car to intervene. And then looking down more at the level of individual countries, they also found that countries with stronger government institutions, like Japan and Sweden, for instance, uh, they were more likely to sacrifice jaywalkers than countries with weak government institutions. And countries with higher levels of income inequality were also more likely to sacrifice homeless people on the side of the road and save uh, an icon of a business person. It is very interesting from a sociological perspective study point of view, a cultural psychology, but is it going to be practically useful for automakers? Right. That's a really good question. Uh, you know, you could imagine how they could use the data, right? Uh, but it opens up a, a whole new can of worms if they're customizing a car's moral values for individual markets, or even if, you know, you could change your car's language setting, would that change the moral values of your car? And, Some researchers point out also this isn't that practical because self-driving cars are not necessarily going to be faced with these decisions every day. But, you know, personally, I think even if these are not common everyday occurrences, when they do happen, it opens up uh, a lot of questions. You know, if, if this happens to you, if it's one of your grandparents who was killed by a choice that a self-driving car makes while your child survives, you know, just... As a survivor, think about, for one, the survivor's guilt that you would have in this scenario. I think it's going to be natural to point fingers and really question how are these cars making these decisions and how are people programming them? But as we said, even if many of us can ultimately justify saving a, a, a young child in that scenario, it's going to be far less polarized, actually, far more nuanced in most everyday cases, like, for example to people of the same gender, similar age. Right. How on earth is an AI going to know who to save? Right. Um, that's, I mean, that's the other thing. Well, the other thing, too, is if an AI can't distinguish between these you know, people or, say, a baby stroller, uh, that also raises yeah, questions. Shopping right? cart I mean, th these are decisions, baby stroller. Right. I mean, so these are things that obviously we as people can, can see and recognize very quickly. But if an AI isn't able to do that, uh, then what does that say about the state of it? We could spend so much more time on this subject and hopefully we can revisit it. But let's get to screen time on phones and tablets. I am guilty of using screen time to pacify my own children The, the scream and the crying in public places or even at home sure you're not the only it's one. just not worth it sometimes <laughs> yeah but, it's, but, uh, it's, but when uh, tech giants and and parents at companies are not allowing their own children to use them it does raise questions that's right and this was reported by the new york times last week that uh in silicon valley a consensus is forming amongst the families who work there about the consequences of tech screen time for children and the the impacts on potentially the development of children and the risk for addiction for instance they quote one former executive assistant at facebook saying i am convinced the devil lives in our phones and is wreaking havoc on our children Uh, also, Chris Anderson, the former editor of Wired magazine, said that he and other technologists were naive to think that they could control the effects of this. He said, you know, this is going straight to the pleasure centers of the developing brain, and it's beyond our capacity as regular parents to understand. 
I'm perhaps more concerned that a former executive assistant is convinced that the devil lives in our phones uh, than anything else he said there. But I, the thing is, also, we need to make sure our kids are equipped for the modern world. You can't completely take them away from technology. That's, that's very true. Can you very, very quickly summarise what we mean by a liquid robot? Sure. This Chinese scientists have basically created a liquid metal blob that sits on the inside of the rim of a wheel and is attached to a battery. So when electricity is applied, the blob moves and that moves the wheel forward. So, uh, you know, they, they say they were inspired by Terminator. It's not really uh, much of a liquid metal assassin. It's more like a liquid metal hamster in a wheel. Well, watch out for the progress on that one. And maybe you can update us when it starts reaping not quite Terminator-like benefits or otherwise. Thank you very much, Mark Zastro, science journalist.